Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. I have such a great expectation for what the Lord is getting ready to do tonight. I wonder if we could just come in one mind and one accord and we could lift up our hands and lift up our voices one more time. If you have the Holy Ghost, would you just let that out for just a moment? Why don't we just get in sync with what the Spirit is about to do for the next few moments? Come on, every hand lifted, every voice raised right now. If you have the Spirit, would you just allow that to overflow out of your being right now? Come on, let's lift our voice just a little louder on this Sunday night. I want you to let that river flow out of you. Let that river flow out of you. you just lift your hands for just a moment not trying to make anything happen not trying to manipulate anything but I want to just be sensitive to the Holy Ghost for just a moment would you just lift your hands and pray softly in the spirit all across this room Mm. Jesus Mm. come on don't be afraid just to linger for just a moment Let's not get awkward and look around. Let's just entertain this for just a moment. Let's just entertain this for just a moment. Woo! Mm. Such a great spirit in this room tonight. And I'm so grateful for every person that is here tonight and thankful uh, for what the Lord did this morning and I uh, got to travel with Bishop Bounds uh, to the daughter work and, and it's just been a special day. It's been a rich day and I'm thankful for um, the confirmation of the Lord and I just believe he's going to speak to us tonight. And uh, so would you go with me to the book of 2 Samuel? book of uh let's go to first samuel first samuel 17 first samuel 17 and i want to just read one verse first samuel 17 first samuel 17 and verse 23 how many of you are thankful for what the lord is doing at the anchor church how many of you are grateful for what the lord is doing at every daughter work and satellite campus and uh, so grateful for you and your contribution to the kingdom. I salute every saint of God that is here tonight and your investment into the end time harvest. And once again, I salute your leadership. I truly thank God for the Bounds family. And I believe they have been prophetically positioned as an end time voice, not just for Zanesville, Ohio, but for the kingdom of God. And I thank you for sharing your shepherd. I thank you for sharing your bishop. And I'm so grateful for uh, the ministry and the leadership of Pastor Cody and Sister Lauren. And I cannot tell you, um, you're, 
You may not realize, but there's many, there's many people across, um, there's many people across uh, the U.S. Um, that are looking to this church, and God is using, God is using the anchored church to be a template, to be a motif for a New Testament Book of Acts revival. And I salute you. I salute you. I salute your leadership. And I'm honored. I'm honored to share this time with you. And uh, as I've said before, I'm going to say it again, not come to impress you or to give you a masterpiece. Couldn't if I tried. But I want to do my best to follow the Holy Ghost. So we're just going to read one verse. Is that all right tonight? And then we're going to let the Lord do what he would like to do, okay? 1 Samuel 17, 23. 1 Samuel 17 and 23. And as they were conversing, behold, there came up the champion, the Philistine. Is it going to be Philistine or Philistine? I really need to know. I'm a little ambiguous. The Philistine, Philistine, maybe we'll just say both. And behold, there came up the champion, the Philistine, Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, out of the armies of the Philistine, Philistines. And he spake according to the same words. And David heard them. And David heard them. I heard that. It's all right. I'll take an amen five seconds into my message. And David heard them. By the help of God's spirit, and if my voice will last, I want to preach to you tonight on this simple subject. And the anchor church heard them. And the anchor church heard them. There's such an authority in this room tonight. I want you to take on that authoritative posture. I don't want your hands in your pockets. I don't want your head held down. I want you to lift up your hands. And I want you to lift up your head. And I want you to exercise your voice right now. Can, can you let heaven and hell hear you pray right now? Come on, I want to raise the decibel level in this house tonight. I want you to lift the volume in this house tonight. God, I thank you for your unction. I thank you for your power. I thank you for your anointing. Let the best gifts be in operation tonight. Let the angels traffic this house and minister to the heirs of salvation. Do what only you can do tonight. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done tonight in Zanesville, Ohio, as it is in heaven. And I give you great honor. I give you great praise. I love you so very much, Lord Jesus. Come on, if you love him, would you clap your hands into the Lord one more time? Come on, would you clap your hands in victory and faith? Why don't you just add a little shout of triumph for just a moment? Come on, I want us to do that for the next 20 seconds right now. All across this house, I want you to clap your hands. And I want you to lift up your voice. And I beg you just to do it 10 more seconds across the house. Come on, I want you to let the spirit world know that you made it tonight. I want you to send a signal to the adversary that you didn't come to play games tonight. But you came for a shift in the spirit. Woo! God bless you and you may be seated tonight. He descended into the valley like lightning. He was ferocious. He was furious. 
He was Goliath by name. Every blade of grass surrendered to his pounding feet as he made his way, frothing over in anger, closer and closer to the people of God, descending into the valley. Soon his voice would echo and echo and echo. For 40 days, from morning and evening, he would win a battle. With his lips, he would lie. With his mouth, he would manipulate. With his tongue, he would twist. No sword was drawn. No spear was thrown. No blood was shed. But for 40 days, morning and evening, the adversary gained victory by his voice alone. But the eyes of the Lord were not upon Goliath. And the eyes of the Lord were not upon King Saul. But the eyes of the Lord were upon a young boy named David. The Bible said that a prophet had showed up to town. When the prophet came to town, everybody began to take notice. Everybody began to stir. They said, does Samuel come peaceably? Is everything going to be intact? Is everything okay? And so it was that the prophet was walking, looking for somebody else to anoint. It was at great risk that he did this for King Saul, having found out, no doubt, would do something wild, would do something untamed. If he, if he knew that there was a prophet in his midst that was looking for somebody else to anoint. And so it was that the Lord told Samuel, I, I know how I'm going to smuggle you in. <laughs> I know how I'm going to get you beneath the eyes of Saul. I'm going to ask you to sacrifice. And when, the, and when the guards and the soldiers of Saul ask you what you are doing, all you need to tell them is that you have come to sacrifice. Because in dramatic irony, sacrifice is the one thing that Saul would not have any part in. Sacrifice was the one thing that Saul would not participate in. God looked at Samuel and said, I know how I'm going to smuggle you in. I know I'm, how I'm going to smuggle the anointing in. I'm going to ask you to sacrifice. For there are men who sit in thrones of position who are not willing to do what they must do to gain the anointing. But if you are going to receive the anointing of God for this in time hour, it is going to demand that you participate in sacrificial living and sacrificial lifestyle and sacrificial prayer and sacrificial fasting. So it is that the prophet is bringing some anointing. He is smuggling, he is smuggling anointing in. He comes and he finds, he finds Jesse and he says, I, I want you to participate with me. I'm looking for somebody to anoint. And so it is that the prophet begins to survey all of the mighty robust men known as David's older brothers. And yet I want you to understand that the prophetic 
spirit that is upon Samuel bypasses every physical man because they are spiritual babies. And the spirit says, I want you to go get that young man that you forgot about. Because in reality, he is the physical baby, but he is the spiritual man. Because Goliath asked for a man, and God is about to send him a man. I need to say that one more time. Goliath is asking for a man, and God is about to send him a man. You can be young in years, but old in anointing. You can have only been in the church for five months, but if you've been praying, you can have the voice of maturity begin to rise on the inside of you. How is it that somebody comes to church and they've only been in church five months and somehow they have elevated and progressed far beyond somebody who has been in church for 10 years? Because when you get into the prayer room, you tap into something eternal. You tap into something that is beyond time. And so all of a sudden there's a new convert operating with more ministry and more Maturity than somebody who's been in the church for 10 years and they've settled to allow themselves to be satisfied with one year's experience and one year's sacrifice and one year's devotion 10 times. They're simply replicating. They're simply satisfied in the minutiae of checking in and checking out of North American Christianity. But you let a young man, you let a young woman, you let a prostitute, you let an atheist, you let a druggie get into the house of the Lord, lift up their hands, be filled with the Spirit, and you watch them come to church for pre-service prayer, and you watch them fast on Wednesday, and you watch them and you watch them get into the word like a Berean Bible student and they're fact checking truth saying I want what the Bible says. I want what truth says. And all of a sudden they're a new convert in their physical stature but they are mighty in their spiritual status. Oh, they're just a babe in Christ in the physical but in the spiritual in the spiritual, they are a man of God. They are a woman of God. Hear me tonight. And so it is that the prophet says no. He says no to all of the physical men because they're spiritual babies. And he says, I'm going to choose, I'm going to select the physical baby because he is a spiritual man. And all of a sudden, that anointing begins to flow on David. And now David is just like everybody else, but he's anointed. The Bible says that the prophet was so serious about anointing somebody else that he looked at Jesse and he said, we will not sit down until you go get him. And there are elders that are standing in the spirit and the Lord will not allow them to sit down, retire, and go on to their heavenly reward until there is a divine transfer to a younger generation to carry the baton, to carry the torch, to step into a new battle with old anointing, to step into new year 
with old anointing to step into new continents and new cities with old anointing. There are some elders that have stood with conviction and the Lord will not let them sit down until another generation... God will always have somebody anointed. God will always have a prophet. God will, al- God will always have an apostle. Y'all just forgive me if I hit some high soprano notes. My voice is leaving, but I won't preach it like I feel it. If I squeal and I make it on the church of laugh, well, so be it. But I got to preach what's on the inside of me tonight. There are men and women that God has assigned specifically and strategically and they are waiting for somebody to be anointed. They are waiting for somebody. Oh, you got to be seated for just a minute. You see, the Bible tells us that David is in the pastures. The Bible tells us that Jesse has overlooked him. Even while he is looking over the sheep, he is being overlooked. But the anointing can find you when nobody else can find you. And the anointing sees the sacrifice that nobody else sees. And the anointing sees the prayer and the consecration and the commitment behind closed doors. And so it, oh, I feel my help. And so it is. David is in the pasture. He's, he's strumming. He's singing. He's writing. He's, he's spending time with God. He's communing with the creator and chief of the universe. And so it is. He begins to hear the cry. He begins to hear the command. Hey, you got to come. There's a prophet waiting on you. I've never met the prophet. I've never seen the prophet. But the eyes of the Lord, the eyes of the Lord have been roaming a sheep field. And the eyes of the Lord have been roaming a pasture and the eyes you do know there's two things hi Bob how are you I'm glad you're at church tonight you know the Bible tells us there's two things that go through and fro there's two things that run to and fro the devil and the eyes of the Lord the the devil goes to and fro all throughout the earth but there's something else that goes to and fro all throughout the earth the eyes of the Lord so you know what that tells me um, 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 let's break this down. Let's unpack this. There's only one devil. So if he's going somewhere, he's got to go there. I know that's really deep and profound. If the devil wants to go somewhere, he has to go there. God just has to look there. So you know what that tells me? God saw me before addiction ever got to me. God saw me before I was ever abused. God saw me before I was ever born into a hellish home life. The eyes of the Lord were roaming and searching and seeking. If there was anybody, if there would be anybody that wanted to be used by Him. So when everybody else had overlooked him, the eyes of the Lord had not. I came to remind a young person. I came to remind a teenager. I came to remind an adult. Oh, man. I'm preaching to young people tonight, but I'm also preaching to those young in the faith. You know, you'll never find the word teenager in your Bible. Can't find it. If you do, let me know. I'll repent. I want to be hermeneutically correct. 
biblically sound, I've not found the word teenager in the Bible. I find child and I find adult. Goliath asked for a man and God was sending him a man. God trusts you more than you trust yourself. God trusts you more than adults trust you. God trusts you. Don't you tell me that hell is after you before heaven is after you. You know what my motto growing up was? This was my motto growing up. If I'm young enough to be tempted, I'm old enough to be anointed. If I'm young enough to have suicidal temptation, I'm old enough to prophesy. If I'm young enough to click on porn, I'm old enough to have an all-night prayer meeting. If hell is after me and hell is after you, you cannot tell me that heaven is not after you too. You're old enough to be used in the gifts. You're old enough to teach a Bible study. I'm preaching to a new convert. You've only been in the apostolic faith for a few weeks, a few months. You're old enough. I said you're old enough. You're old enough. You cannot stay where you are. You cannot become stagnant. You see, hell is not so much afraid of who you are. Hell is afraid of who you're becoming. Hell is not afraid of where you are. Hell is afraid of where you're going. Why else was Herod afraid of a little toddler in a diaper? He, he committed mass murder. Every young boy was killed. You really think there's going to be a young boy in a diaper come into his throne room and overthrow him? No, fam, that ain't happening. But babies don't stay babies. And new converts don't stay new converts. And immaturity doesn't stay immaturity. The right now me is not the tomorrow me. The right now you is not the next month. You got to make up in your mind, I'm going to disciple myself. I'm going to cultivate myself. I'm going to grow myself. I will not be the same person in five. I will not be the same person in five years plopped on a Pentecostal pew. I will not be the same person. That's just another North American member at another church hearing nice sermons in five months. I am going to be a threat to hell because I'm growing, I'm cultivating, I'm maturing. I'm not everything that I want to be, but I am not everything that I was. And so now all of a sudden, now all of a sudden David is anointed and he finds himself making his way to the battlefield. He finds himself, Sister Luella. Did I get it right? I'm glad you're here tonight. Y'all give it up for Sister Luella. The anointing is upon David. The hand of God is upon David. Just as the anointing is upon you. And just as the hand of God is upon you. And so it is. Oh no, I gotta stop for just a moment. You do know what it means to have the hand of God on you, right? No, I don't know. Do you really know what it means to have the hand of God on you? The Bible says that David looked at everything seen and unseen, the sun, the moon, the stars, the galaxies, and he said all of that is just the work of his fingers. So if that is all done by his fingers, what is his hand going to produce when placed upon your life? 
His fingers made Mars. His fingers made Pluto. His fingers made the Big Dipper. And his fingers made... Elon Musk is still trying to figure out everything that his fingers made. NASA is still trying to figure out everything that his fingers made. What is his hand, Annie? What is his hand going to do when placed upon your mind, upon your skill set, upon your ministry? And so it is that the eyes of the Lord that saw David when nobody else saw him in a pasture are now following him as he makes his way to the battlefield. He's got Cheez-Its and Gatorade. He's, he's got the donkey and the Yeti and he's making his way closer and closer to the battle. And the eyes of the Lord are not upon Goliath and the eyes of the Lord are not upon King Saul. The eyes of the Lord are upon a young man named David. He's got acne, he's awkward. Not everybody sits at the lunch table with them, but David's anointed. He's not really popular, but David's anointed. Nobody follows him on TikTok, but he's anointed. He, he don't got many followers on IG, but he's anointed. He, he, he don't got the J's, but he's anointed. He, 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 he don't got the perfect mom and dad. His family is actually really dysfunctional, but David's anointed. And angels are watching. And heaven is watching. Come on, David. You got to get to the battlefield. Come on, David. Wake up the donkey. Get up from your nap. You got to get to the battlefield. You got to get to the front lines. You got to get to where the action is. But there's a problem. There's a problem. Uh, I need to... I need to... Uh, where's, where's Denver at? Where's Denver? Hey, Denver, can you run up here real quick? Unless I interrupted your bathroom break. <laughs> can you be David for a minute? Y'all be seated. He's making his way closer and closer and closer and closer. But when he gets to the battle, he's late. He's 40 days late. And he doesn't just walk into a battle bin, he walks into a losing battle. You go for 40 days, morning and evening, the enemy's already been winning. Now, I calculated that, I'm no mathematician, but morning and evening for 40 days, that's a total of 80 lies. David was 80 lies too late. Or was he? Because I found out this. Giants do a whole lot of talking right before they die. Can I say that again? Giants do a whole lot of talking right before they die. I, I just happen to think that maybe Goliath had talked himself into more victory and intimidated himself into more victory than he had actually fought himself into. And so when David walks into the battle, he is walking into a losing battle. And David's got a target on his back. He comes to the battle and his bros are there. And what does his brother say? Is this all right tonight? Can y'all endure my, my squeaky? 
voice for a little longer? The Bible says that his brothers came to him and said, why are you here? We know why you're here. You just came to see the battle. Well, hold up. <laughs> Nobody's fighting a battle. Carnal people are always fighting invisible battles. There wasn't no battle being fought. They were losing a battle that they were not participating in. But carnal people are always involved in petty invisible battles and they are disengaged and unaware to the real battle at hand. And so a carnal sideline voice said, we know the naughtiness in your heart. You just came to see the battle. Why, watch, have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? Fact check number one, he did not leave a few sheep, he left a flock. Fact check number two, he did not leave them in a wilderness, he left them in a pasture. But people who do not pray will always turn your pasture into a wilderness. People that do not fast will always turn your pasture into a wilderness. I don't need that. That's dry. That's empty. That's barren. But unless you've been walking with the shepherd, unless you've been communing with the shepherd, prayer is just a wilderness to you. But if you've ever been led to green pastures, and if you've ever been led beside still waters, it's not a wilderness to you. It's a garden of prayer. Gethsemane is not a dry place. It's not a barren place. It's a beautiful place. Don't you dare let any carnal voice turn your walk with God into a wilderness. He didn't just leave them in a pasture. He left a flock. People that are not teaching Bible studies, people that are not winning souls, people that are not standing in front of hell and redirecting traffic will always turn your flock into a few. It's just a meager Bible study. You can miss that. It's just another random soul that probably really won't come to church. We can watch this show instead. I don't know why you're spending all that extra time. You should be taking your kids to practice ball. You, you need to spend less time with sinners. And you need to just enjoy life. Don't you let any carnal voice turn your flock that's worth fighting for into... No, that's my professor that's about to receive the Holy Ghost. That's my neighbor that's about to get a revelation of oneness. That's my daddy who's been lost, but he's coming back. This is not a wilderness. This is a pasture. This is not just a few souls. This is a flock that's worth fighting for. Everything in life comes back to your walk with God and your witness for God. Everything in life comes back to knowing God and making him known. But sideline voices will always belittle discipleship and relationship. Let's just lift up our hands for just a minute. Is this all right? Come on, there needs, there needs to be, there's a Bible study teacher that needs to be reminded of their purpose. There's a soul winner, an intercessor that needs to be reminded of their purpose. Come on, there's somebody that 
God's been inviting you to commune with him daily, you need to be reminded it's not a wilderness, it's a pasture. Don't you listen to apathetic voices. Don't you listen to pathetic Pentecostals that are satisfied just to plop on a pew. Watch. And so David, David, I love it. David encounters his brothers. Watch, watch this. I got to stay here for just a minute. I'm sorry. Janica, this is what's interesting to me. His brothers are on the right side with their feet, but they're on the wrong side with their mouth. Because you can be on God's side by location, but you can be on the devil's side by vocabulary. There's some people, they're not against revival, they're just not speaking for it. There's some people, they're not against holiness, they're just not speaking for it. There's some people, they're not against their pastor, they're just not speaking for him. You can be a giant slayer or a naysayer. You can't be both. You can't have truth and deception come out of the same well. So what does David do? <laughs> the Bible says that David spake according to the same words to somebody else. So David did not change his conversation. David changed his circle. David didn't change his conviction. He didn't change his assignment. He didn't change his calling. David was on a divine mandate. He just thought that he was bringing Gatorade and Cheez-Its for his earthly father, but in reality, he was on a mission for his heavenly father. Because you don't work where you work by accident. And you don't live in the neighborhood you live in by accident. And you weren't born in Ohio by accident. You didn't go down aisle nine of Walmart by accident. Either we're spirit-led or we're not. It just might be that that young mother who's looking at her iPhone and in tears and looks awkward might just be the reason why God allowed you to go down aisle nine of Walmart because you are on a mandate. If you've got a heartbeat on the inside, you've got a mission from on high, everywhere you walk. That's what it means to be apostolic. Apostolic's not coming to church. Apostolic is not shouting. Apostolic is when you are sent on a mission to advance the kingdom. Apostolic is when we do not leave church, we are saved. What's up? When we don't leave church, when we are sent from church. If we're leaving church, we're just Pentecostals. If we're being sent from church, we're apostolic. Who am I going to intercede for tonight? Who am I going to run? I didn't run into the protocol by accident. I didn't think of that random city that doesn't have a church by accident. That missionary's face didn't come to my mind at midnight by accident. I have been sent. I have been sent. And I will be sensitive to the reason that I am sent. Sensitive. Where'd David go? Up here, David. Watch. The Bible says that he spake according to the same words to another. Hey, 
Um, who is this uncircumcised Philistine Philistine? Hey, why, why are we not having victory? Why are we not having revival? Because I believe we can have revival and I believe we can have breakthrough and I believe that we can see thousands and millions come to Jesus and, and oh, that's just a pasture. Oh, that's just a wilderness. That's just a wilderness. That's just a few. Oh, so he turned to somebody else and he said, is there not a cause? He did not change his question. He did not change his calls. He just changed who he was talking to. You can doubt it, but somebody else will believe it. You can reject it, but somebody else will receive it. There's going to be somebody that says yay and amen. There's going to be somebody that says Goliath can come down. The generational curses, I see you now, can come down. The stronghold of this city can come. The cause that is on us is greater than the opposition in front of us. It can be done, pastor. It can be done, youth. It can be done, young adult. It can. If you don't think it can be done, I'll ask somebody else. If you don't believe, I'll ask somebody else. Because there's always going to be a prophet standing. There's always going to be somebody believing until the anointing is transferred. And so it is. So it is. David, David. I'm about to have to sub you out, homie. So it is that while there is a target on his back, how much do you love me? Okay, how much do you love this shirt? You can lose it? Okay, well, you forgot to take me to the airport the other day, so I think we're even. I need you to turn around. Do y'all see a target on his back? Me neither. I love you guys. Never fear. We can create a target. Bullseye. We now have a target. Sponsored by Denver's $80 shirt that his girlfriend got him. Do you have a girlfriend? Ouch, sorry. (laughs) Now, here's the deal. I I, I don't ignore the target that's on our back. But I can't anoint, I can't ignore the hand that's on our head. And I don't, I don't, I cannot talk tonight. Jesus, help me. I don't ignore the target that is on our back, but I also can't ignore the anointing that's upon your head and upon my head and upon our head. And this is why I came to remind you, the anointing on your head is greater than the target on your back. When God stepped into a Sunday night service and he anointed you, something came on you, something descended on you, and when it descended on you, it wasn't just an anointing that could break a yoke, it was an anointing that would destroy the yoke. 
It was an anointing that when something was decimated, it could never be put back together again. But anointing is not always convenient. Everybody says, God, anoint me. But if you're anointed, your playlist is going to know it. Your closet's going to know it. Your speech is going to know it. Your attitude towards leadership is going to know it. The value you place on souls is going to know it. How you treat your enemy is going to know it. How you acknowledge souls that don't know Jesus yet is going to know it. If you're anointed, Netflix is going to know it. If you're anointed, your neighbors are going to know it. If you're anointed, everybody. You don't have the luxury to hide when you're anointed. You don't have the luxury to blend in and compromise. But I come to tell you, the anointing is greater than who hurt you. And the anointing is greater than who mocked you. And the anointing is greater than who abandoned you. And the anointing is greater than who molested you and took advantage of you. And the anointing on your head is greater than the target on your back. I need, a, I need some more anointing. I'm out. I need some more anointing. Oh, there's, hurry guys, hurry, hurry, hurry. Come on, buddy, come on. Come on, help me out. Help me out. Yeah, y'all come stand up here. Oh, we ain't playing games tonight. See, this is the problem. You can be seated. I, I'm going to preach a little bit more. See, what we meant, I, I need somebody else. Um, oh, nobody's volunteering now. Michael, can I use you? I know you didn't volunteer, but I volunteered you. You're welcome. See, what we say... God anoint me. What we say is, God anoint me. But what we mean is, just give me a little dab. I don't want to have to change my habits and my decisions. And don't tell me that I've got to, I've got to live a separated life. And don't, don't tell me, don't tell me that I've got to be at odds with the world. And don't tell me. Don't tell me that I've got to radically revolutionize my life. And so the eyes of the Lord look for somebody that wants to be anointed only to hear. That's enough. So what you mean is you want an anointed moment. You don't want an anointed life. You want an anointed service, an anointed altar call. You don't want an anointed life. But while you put limitations on the anointing, there's somebody else that says you anointed me at a senior camp, but I want a little more. And you anointed me at NAYC, but I want a little more. 
and you anointed me in the last revival with Shane Burns, but I want a little more. And you anointed me when Brother Azalini came, and you anointed me when Bishop Priest, and you anointed me during the youth revival. But God, there's no limits. I want, I want, I want all, I want all of the anointing you will give me. I will not put limitations on it. I want it all. And so the anointing waits and the anointing watches. Is there anybody on a Sunday night? Hey, let me know. Help me scout. Gabriel. Michael, let me know. I'm ready. I've got it waiting. Thou anointest me with fresh oil. Thou anointest me. Woo. I'm surrounded by the enemy. And you prepare a table for me. You anoint me. You bless me. And my cup runneth over. You don't need the absence of your enemy for anointing. And there are people that are waiting for everything to be perfect. And you're waiting to have everything figured out. And then you'll get spiritual. Can I just be really plain tonight? Mom, Dad, if you spend the next 40 years... Pursuing everything but the anointing for your marriage and your home and your family and your kids. It's going to be too late. If you spend the next five years focused on everything but building kingdom culture in your home. It's going to be too late. But there's got to be something on the inside of you. That says God. You have brought me to this season for such a time as this. I'm speaking to a parent right now because your greatest contribution is not just what you're going to do for the kingdom. It's who you're going to raise for the kingdom. God didn't just give you a baby. He asked you to steward a future that his hand is upon and his anointing is upon. He gave you a life that his eyes saw and formed even while they were in their mother's womb. And so it is. Thank you, Michael. So it is that David, you can put those, oh, you already put them down. Okay. So it is that David is on the battlefield. And now, now, he's, he's got a target on his back. Yeah. But the anointing upon his head is greater. And I want you to watch. David never seems to stop. David seems to be constantly in motion. One moment he's in the pasture. One moment he's being anointed in the presence of the prophet. The next moment he's on a journey to the battlefield. The next moment he's looking for who will align with the heavenly vision. And now he's making his way to the throne room. What, what, hey, uh, Finn, can I ask you a question? You're not writing a love note, are you? What's the hardest target to hit? I know you know this. If you don't know this, you're going to have to take me out to kill a frog, a bear, 
a deer, a gorilla, a zebra, and an elephant. What's the hardest target to hit? Just give me what, your opinion. A bug? Okay, let me ask you this way. What's a harder target to hit? A target that is steel or moving? Moving. Hell hates moving targets. <laughs> no, 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 no. You didn't hear me. I said hell hates a target that shows up on Sunday. Then they make their way to a daughter work. Then they make their way to the prayer room. Then they make their way to a Bible study. Then they make their way... You know what hell wants you to do? Hell wants you to stagnate, cower in a corner, suck your thumb, cry in your Starbucks. But if you just keep going another step, if you keep going another day, if you can't move, I say let's make it hard on hell. I say let's make the devil sweat. Why not? Some of us are making it too easy on the enemy. Why not just make it a little hard? So all of a sudden, he's not in the pasture. All of a sudden, he's not on the journey. Now all of a sudden, he's in the throne room. Watch. I'm almost done. Watch. I want you to listen. I want you to listen to the progression of faith and the progression of victory. If the media can stay with me, great. If they can't, I'll forgive them. First Samuel. First Samuel. Um, 17 and 37. First Samuel 17, 37. Notice what the Bible says. The Bible says, the Lord delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear. He will deliver me out of the hand of the Philistine. Philistine. Notice, he will deliver me out of the hand. Now, go with me to verse 46. First Samuel 1746. Watch what he says. This day will the Lord deliver you into my hand. Did you see that nuance? When David first speaks, he says, I, I got faith that God's going to deliver me out of the enemy's hand. But then all of a sudden he says, I got faith that God's going to deliver the enemy into my hand. Oh, it gets better. Watch. Verse 47. Next verse. And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword and spear, for the battle belongs to the Lord's, and he will give you into. My victory is your victory, and my breakthrough is your breakthrough, and my deliverance is your deliverance, and my daddy coming back means your daddy's coming back, and my neighbor getting the Holy Ghost means your. Oh my. God's not going to just give us a, a victory for a pocket of one or two. God can grant victory for every home. Hear me. Every daughter work, every single person under the sun. It's not my victory until it's our victory. It's not my victory until it's our victory. So now, all right, watch what happens. He's in the throne room. He's progressing in faith. And now he's offered armor from King Saul. He's offered armor from King Saul. 
Now, the Bible does not say it didn't fit. But the Bible says he declined it because he hadn't proven it. Not everything that fits well fights well. There's some, there are some things that do not fit the apostolic church. And then there are some things that do fit. But they don't fight. Entertainment fits well. Does not fight well. Vague preaching fits well. Doesn't fight well. Caving in to false doctrine, it fits well. Doesn't fight well. Being just another North American church that allows people to come be encouraged and inspired but not have to change. Fits pretty well. Doesn't fight well. See, the problem with Saul's armor is it's quite shiny. And you gotta be weary and wary of armor and swords that don't got no guts, don't got no blood, and don't got no scratches. One that's had some blood and guts on it. Holiness has some blood and guts on it. Prayer has some blood and guts on it. Jesus' name baptism has some blood and guts on it. The weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal, but they are mighty through God. There's some scratches on this. There's some blood on this. There's a bear that died because of this. There's a lion that lost his life because of this. There's a demon that ran because of this. There's a stronghold that crumbled because of this. David said it fits, but it don't fight. You give me what's proven. You let me take my sling and I'll be all right. And so the Bible says I'm almost done. Can I preach a few more minutes? The Bible says that he goes out and he faces the enemy. And the Bible says that he has a short conversation with Goliath. Now I want you to realize that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Y'all be seated for just a minute. Stay up here, David. Um, how do you measure greater? How do you quantify greater? Contrast. Um, I need someone to be Goliath. Who can be Goliath? Um, ben, you would be a great Goliath. Come on, get down here, David. Get down here, David. All right, get up here. Get up here, Ben. I need you to stand up here. Stand up here. See. Because I love you, I'm going to help you. Stand on that. Shouldn't slip. There we go. How do you measure greater? Contrast. God allows you to face a great enemy to show you a greater anointing.
God allows you to go through a great valley to show you a greater deliverance. God allows you to face a great sickness so he can show you a greater healing. If you... Goliath was not sent to destroy you. Goliath was sent to show you how great what is on the inside of you truly is. The one in front of you can be measured by feet and inches. The one on the inside of you fills all time and space. The one in front of David had a date of birth and a date of death. The one who was fighting alongside David was the ancient of days and he had no beginning and he had no ending. Greater is he that is with you, in you, behind you, beside you, before you than he that is in front of you. So it's by contrast. Thank you, buddy. It's by contrast. Watch what happens. Watch what happens. David, get up here. David looks at him. Notice that in our text, the Bible says that Goliath had been billowing words of fear and intimidation for days. But there came a culminating moment when David heard them. If you don't remember anything else I'm going to say tonight, you got to remember what my squeaky voice is saying right now. You can hear what everybody else is hearing, but you cannot do what everybody else is doing. Scripture does not notify us when Saul heard him. Scripture does not notify us when the soldiers heard him. Scripture does not notify us when Jesse heard him. Scripture does not notify us when David's brothers heard him. The Bible denotes and highlights and emphasizes, and David Because when you have been anointed. See, we, 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 we get this false uh, myth that everybody that's anointed is living this super spiritual, elevated, unrealistic life. Um, no, they hear what you're hearing. They just don't do what everybody else is doing. I don't pray because I'm spiritual. I pray because I'm carnal. I don't fast because I'm spiritual. I fast because I'm carnal. I hear and Bishop hears everything that you hear. The missionary hears everything that you hear. The youth pastor, the evangelist, the prophet, the apostle hears everything that you hear. The mature saint, the elder who's been faithful to God for years, hears everything that the new convert hears. You hear what the world hears. You just don't have the luxury of doing what the world does because greater is he that is in you. You've been anointed. The hand of God is upon you. Prophecy is upon you. Promise is upon I hear Goliath, but I cannot do what Saul is doing. I cannot do what the White House is doing. I cannot do what Hollywood is doing. I cannot do what the Charismatics is doing. I have been ordained for this moment. I have been anointed for this. I've been anointed to bow up and to address it and to speak against it. Yeah. 
I've been ordained. You have been anointed to bring down what has lived for years. The Bible said, through the words of the enemy, he's just but a youth. But Goliath has been fighting from his youth. How double standard is that? People with voices of doubt and decadence said, oh, David is just a youth. But Goliath has been fighting from his youth. Longevity does not equate dominion. I don't care how long the addiction has lived there. I don't care how long the adversarial sport forces have dominated. I don't care how long vileness and vitriol and wickedness has lived there. When somebody who is anointed steps onto the battlefield, what has lived for years can come tumbling down in moments. And in just a matter of seconds and minutes, they have heard Goliath for days, but now David says, you're going to hear us. You're going to hear me. Watch, you can be seated. Goliath comes down, and the Bible says that the army arose and pursued the enemy. Here is the divine dichotomy of what God is doing in this end time era. All God needs is for one person to start it. But it will take an army to finish it. It's going to take more than who's in this building. It takes you to start it, but it takes your neighbor to finish it. It takes the Muslim to finish it. It takes the co-worker to finish it. It takes the prodigal to finish it. There is an army that is arising. God is looking for one singular person, but God can use one singular person to do something so grand, something so seismic. It takes an army to finish it. Stand to your feet. Musicians, come, hurry. Hurry, hurry, hurry. All the while, God prefers not to anoint just one person, but God has anointing waiting for entire families and marriages and for churches and for generation. And the anointing was never just meant to be upon David. The anointing was never just meant to be on one singular, fiery, fanatic, radical young person. The anointing was supposed to rest and flow to every single individual. And so it is that we must back up for just a moment because before the army pursues and before the head of Goliath is cut off and before the giant comes tumbling down, the Bible says that David, while everybody else is focused on the enemy, begins begins a search. People that are watching David see him seemingly declining as he's getting lower and lower and lower. But in reality, he's going deeper until the moment that his hands find a little stream and he reaches into that water and he reaches into that brook and he reaches into that flow. 
And he plays five, he plays hide and seek with one, two, three, four, five smooth stones. Put some in his bag. And it's what David brings out of the flow that will bring the giant down. And the flow was there before Goliath. And so it is that the apostolic church will never walk into a valley that a flow has not been moving in before you ever arrived. And so it is that the apostolic church will never face an enemy who has not been preceded by a flow. And in every end time valley that you and I will walk in, physical, political, spiritual, emotional, there will always be a flow. And it is what you will bring out of that flow that will bring the giant down. And while everybody was hearing the taunt and the yells and the fear and the doubt and the lies, oh, Goliath, David said, I, I, I hear, I hear, I hear the sound of something trickling. I hear the sound of something moving. If I can just, if I can just get to that flow. Something's about to come down. (laughs) Something's about to come down. And I want to tell you, Anchor Church, I want to tell every daughter work that's represented, you are not in a community that does not have a flow. There is a flow that is running from this house to your house and from your house to their house. And there is not one situation, there is not one foe, there is not one battle, there is not one soul. There's not one sin, not one mistake, not one failure. That the answer cannot be found in the flow. The flow has already given you every single thing that you need. I can take you to moments in my life and you can go to moments in your life where it felt like you were getting lower and lower and you were descending. And yet in reality, you were going Zion deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. Because God is so genius that God can set you up to descend into victory. You do realize that, right? They were on the hillsides because anybody that stepped into the valley had the disadvantage. But when it looks like you're going lower, (laughs) in reality, you can be going deeper. And the anointing on your head can be greater than the target on your back. And God can cause you to triumph. And God can cause you to descend into victory so I just came on a Sunday night to remind you the anointing 
on your head is greater than the target on your back. And I came on a Sunday night to remind you that you can hear what everybody else is hearing, but you cannot do what everybody else is doing. We're going to pray very specifically right now. I'm done. We're getting ready to pray. We're getting ready to march to this altar. But we're going to come in a posture of victory. Because the anointing that destroys every yoke, not breaks, the anointing that destroys every yoke is in this house tonight. So right now, before we come into this altar, I want you to lift up your hands. And I want you to lift up your head. And I want you to lift up your voice. You've heard hell, but I want hell to hear you. You've heard Goliath. I want Goliath to hear you. You've heard the voice of family dysfunction and downward decadent cyclical thinking and you've you you've you've heard the voice of a of a, a, a hellish infused family tree and you've heard the voice of failure and mistakes and you've heard the voice of the stats and the odds that are against you but I want you to lift up your voice right now. Come on every young person, every young adult, every hyphen Every new convert, every elder, would you lift the decibel level in this house? Come on, would you lift your voice higher than your hands right now? Come on, Anchor Church. I think we can get a little louder in this room. Come on, I want you to let every bit of anointing on the inside of you out right now. I want you to let that flow that's on the inside of you out right now. I want you to let the authority that's on the inside of you out right now. Come on, I'm about to open these altars. I'm about to open these altars. Come on, somebody walked in weary. Somebody walked in tired. Somebody walked in with a target on their back. But you've got to be reminded of the hand of heaven that's resting upon you. Watch, Michael, run back up here. Run back up here. I want you to come up here too. Come up here. Hey, you. Come up here. I'm about to open up this altar, but I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. You stand over here, buddy. I'm about to open up this altar, and I'm not going to cheerlead you. I'm not going to coerce you. I'm not going to scream. I'm not going to hype you up. And I don't want to be callous or insensitive. I just want to show you what's about to happen. Now, if you just came for another Sunday night service and another altar call, then you're respectfully dismissed. Because I didn't come to play games tonight. I really believe there's an anointing in this house that's going to come upon somebody. It's more than a prop. It's more than an illustration. It's more than, it's not theatrics. It's more than, than a, a sermon topic. It's, 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 it's beyond revival rhetoric. It's a reality. And there's going to be somebody. I'm just going to let you know right now. I'm not naive. It's going to be somebody that dismisses everything that I'm saying. And you're going to allow God to touch you. And you're going to place limitations on the anointing. And you're going to walk out. But all the while, somebody's going, do you want to be anointed? You really want to be anointed? I want you to raise your hand and say, God, anoint me. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be somebody. Oh, oh. I don't know your name, but I want you to come up in the, in, the, in the blue suit. I want you to come up. Can you come up in the blue suit, the blue jacket? Um, 
I know your wife, but I don't know you. Yeah, I want you to come up. She's from Texas. Team Texas all the way. Can we just lift up our hands for just a minute? I want you to hear me right now. Um, can y'all switch? Jillian, can you come up, up here? Something so special in this room right now. Something so, so special in this room right now. So what's going to happen? I'm not trying to be insensitive, I promise you. But there's going to be somebody that comes and you're going to go through the motions and you're going to lift up your hands. And you're going to walk out and you're going to live in anointed moments. And things will be broken, but they will not be destroyed. In contrast to how we misspeak it and misquote it, it is not the anointing that breaks, it is the anointing that destroys. And so if the anointing is not destroying something, there's nothing wrong with the anointing. And so there will be people that allow the anointing of God to touch, to break, but there will be somebody else that says, God, anoint me. And God's going to anoint you. And things are going to be destroyed. And you're not going to have the luxury of being convenient. You're not going to have the luxury of being complacent. And you're not going to have the luxury of giving in to every excuse. You're going to have the same temptations and the same carnal thoughts. And you're going to still want to live according to the flesh. But you're not going to have the luxury to do it. What everybody else is doing. There's a young person, there's a husband, there's a man of God that's going to say, anoint me, God. No, God, I want a double portion. I know you anointed me last year, but I, I want something fresh, and I want something overwhelming. And There's going to be a man of God. There's going to be a husband, a father. That's just God. ladies all throughout this room there's young ladies there's mothers you've got giftings the bible says that the daughters of philip prophesied there's ladies in this room that you are operating below your god-given calling and dominion and authority you have the ability to bow up as a young woman you have the ability to bow up as a wife as a mother you have the ability 
to come against hell's kingdom and say not in my house not in my marriage not in my mind not in my babies you have the ability a young lady that walks up and there's going to be an anointing that hits you and when that anointing hits you you're never going to see consecration the same way and you're never going to see holiness the same way and you're never going to see the word of God the same way but you're going to walk in illumination you're going to walk in demonstration you're going to see the gifts operate in your I'm not talking about five months from now. I'm not talking about ten years from now. I'm talking about this week. I'm talking about within 72 hours. I'm talking about now. to prophesy and you will prophesy the Lord will speak to you you won't hesitate you will say what thus saith the Lord and when you speak and when you prophesy and when you intercede there's going to be an anointing that comes on you it's not going to be you it's going to be greater than you yokes are going to break yokes are going to be I wonder if there's anybody in this house that says God Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.